0: When you really understand honour and you feel it in your heart, it's that feeling of this depth of love that you have and appreciation. And that is what I'm feeling right here. So, um, you know, thinking about what God has done in my life and where I am today, what I've come through, what I've overcome. And I know many of us sitting, sitting here think like that. We think, where would we be if it wasn't for Christ who died for us. Where would we be today? You know, it's so easy to look out at the world and we might have compassion on them, but we could have been there. We could have been down in the dumps. We could have been defeated. And I know we went through those places and I know many of us experienced that. So we're so much more grateful for where we are today. And um, so I just wanna start off there and then, honour all of our pastors, all of our team, everybody that serves, everybody that gives their lives for this vision, that gives their life to being a vessel of honour in this house. And I just wanna honour all of you. And I wanna say thank you from me and Prophet because you don't understand the power of being a vessel of honour and the blessing that comes with that. Amen. Amen. And then lastly, before I start, I I couldn't start honour without honour. Amen. And then I just wanna honour Prophet again. And um, I think if we could honour Him every day, I would too. But I wanna honour Him for the man that He is, for the Prophet that He is, for the pastor that He is, the husband that He is, the father that He is, um, and just the entire being of Him. You know, none of us really would be sitting here in this building if it wasn't for Him. You know, He gives us a purpose to run towards. He gives us a vision to run towards. And even though we might not feel like we fully tapped into it, because we might not fully feel where our place is, you will, you will, you will. And just listen to, you know, what we say, what we teach, how we encourage you. But none of us would have a vision to follow if it wasn't for Him. Even though we all called and we all have a purpose, we do it under submission. Some people, and Prophet said it a few weeks ago, he said that there's people who are called to thousands, millions, and so on. And then there's people, or he might've said it in Cape Town, then there's people who are called to the One who is called to thousands and millions and so on. And many of us sitting here are the ones who are called to the One. It doesn't make you less important to God. It doesn't make your function, you know, less valuable. No, you are a vessel of honour, whatever that vessel is. Meaning, um, you know, if you, because you get honours, uh, vessels of honour and dishonour, but what I'm saying is that, you know, you have a purpose. And if it wasn't for you, or well, even though prophet gives the vision, you guys fulfil the vision, amen? So I just wanna honour Him and I said something in, um, I just don't want it to sound like, Ugh, let's be a bit more alive. So, um, I said it last week in Krugersdorp, and I'm going to try not to talk too much because time already went by. <laughs> and um, but I said it last week in Krugersdorp, and I said to the guys there, I said, you know, we at Encounter, we will never be a normal church we never have the ability to be a normal church. The reason why we can never and will never, ever, 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 ever in the entire existence of this world be a normal church is because we are not led by a normal pastor. Normally it's pastors that lead churches, right? The majority of it is that pastors lead churches. We are not led by a pastor. We are led by a prophet. So because we are led by a prophet, we have an advantage. Why? Because they are the mouthpieces and they are the finger of God. They have the ability to speak things that other people won't know. They have the ability to show us direction that other pastors won't have the ability. Not that those pastors are wrong or less valuable, no. It is the purpose and it is the function of God. I also said to them that, you know, we have the, we had, the Bible speaks about the schools of prophets. You know, the school of prophets. We don't realise that we are sitting in a school of prophets. We've taught it before and prophet has said, those people who are part of this DNA, who are under this covering, you have a prophetic gift inside of you. You have a prophetic call in whatever area, whatever place you are in, you are called with a prophetic voice in that place so therefore everything that is taught to you by the mouth of prophet everything that is taught is to you in this building is taught for you but you we don't see it like that a lot of times we only see a normal Sunday service not realizing that when we come to this church we are being trained in and we're being equipped we given we are given secrets and mysteries and principles and things of God that many people don't they don't receive they don't get it they don't experience it but yet we fail to tap into it. And I wanna just put this disclaimer out. I'm gonna call it that. (laughs) But I just wanna put it out there. Whatever I'm gonna share today, I'm gonna try and make it really quickly because time does run out. And um, every time I preach, Most people who know me, for the people who are new, who don't know me, I'm Prophet Leon's wife. And, um, but if you don't know me, if you don't know um, my style of ministry, I never preach under condemnation. It is not my heart, it is not who I am. It's not how I speak. If it comes across that way, I'm sorry. Um, But then, check what is going on in your heart because we're not here to bring condemnation. This ministry, not one of the pastors or prophet that preaches on this platform is a minister of condemnation. No, we bring a provoking in your spirit because somebody needs to provoke you, somebody needs to challenge you, somebody needs to bring you to the place of where change can come out. And if that doesn't happen through a provoking sometimes um, and an understanding of that, what what is happening in that moment then that is when we can take offence. That is when we can be hurt by the church. And many times it has happened to people in other churches where they hurt by the uh, the pastor or somebody provoking something. But that should show you that is a reaction in your heart where God is wanting to do something in your in your heart to change you and to bring growth in your life. Amen. Okay, so let's see if we can get started. Okay, so a few weeks ago, a Prophet made a statement where he uh, stated that we are not human doings, we are human beings, where many of us try to do things, but we don't be. And the difference between doing things, it's the same thing when you, when you're a human being, you're still doing things. So it doesn't mean that you're not going to be doing things, but we focus just on the doing things and not doing those things in a place of being. Does it make sense? It makes sense. So, what I'm trying to say is that when we are located in Christ, when we understand who we are in Christ, who we are as the being that God has created us to be, then we will be able to do the things that we need to do. Amen? Okay, so many of us, you know, we have the desires to fulfill the call of God in our lives. We want to, you know, Um, win souls. We want to step into our purpose. We want to fulfill that which God has for us. Many of us desire to operate in signs, wonders, and miracles. We want to, um, you know, have the wisdom, the understanding, the knowledge of God, which is the things we need to desire. You know, we desire to be blessed. We desire to be used by God. But oftentimes we miss an important key and an important principle in our lives that will bring that to a greater success. And that key, that principle is the key or the principle of honour. Being a vessel of honour, that untapped principle that we miss and tonight I'm not gonna have time to get into this morning, but tonight I'm gonna go into five levels of honour. A lot of people honour in one area or they honour in another area, but they fail to realise that honour is an all-rounder. It's not, oh, I can honour here and I can choose where to honour and I can choose to do this. No, we need to honour all the way round. That is what is instructed. That is what's given to us. So therefore we need to, we need to, but I'm going to get into that tonight. I don't have time to get into that this morning. Are you excited to be in the house? You guys sound so like, uh. you know, the presence of God was so strong here during worship. And what we, what I saw and as I was listening to you guys worshipping, I actually saw Many people, as their hands were raised and their eyes were closed, because singing that song, that last one, we, the, that represents honour. That song speaks about honour, giving honour, glory to Him. And watching the people really, con- like when I say connect in their hearts and in their spirits, I'm watching these people they're not distracted by what's happening here and what's happening there, but they're so focused on just singing. And then it made me think about how important the praise and worship is and how important it is to sing those songs. And a prophet often talks about it. Sometimes you can just sing songs and it's just songs that are meaningless. But when it's songs that we're really singing unto Him, that is where the presence of God came, like comes in. And I saw that this morning and I just wanted to say you guys look beautiful. Amen. You really did. It was such a, it was so beautiful to be able to witness that. Amen. Are you guys tired? It's that time of year where most people feel tired, where they feel exhausted. But when you are in the Kingdom, this is the time where we show our most strength. Where we are, there's many out there that is defeated at this time, where they do feel at their lowest. This is your best time to be a soul winner. This is your best time to demonstrate the power, the spirit, the supernatural unto somebody. Why? Because you have this life inside of you that they don't have. So this is the time where we should be going out and we should be doing it, amen? Okay. so. I wanna speak about the principle of honour, but this morning I'm gonna talk about being a vessel of honour. The word vessel comes from the Greek word "sukos." I think. I don't know, you know how to pronounce it. I did, I said to Krugersdorp as well, I said, with pronunciation, I'm the most terrible, but it's translated and it means to implement uh, Sorry, implement, equipment, apparatus, or instruments. A word study of vessel speaks of a hollow vessel for containing things, a potter's vessel. And we all know that in Isaiah um, 64 verse eight, it says, um, but now, O Lord, You are our Father. We are the clay and You are the potter. So if it's, and I'm gonna get into a scripture now, but if a vessel of honour, it is somebody who, who has the ability to carry something inside of them. You have the ability not just to carry that, but God is the one who shapes you and He moulds you into the vessel that He wants you to be. Amen. That He has ordained and purposed for you to be. Let's go to 2 Timothy um, 2 verse 20 to 21. But in a good house... There are not only vessels of gold and of silver, but also of wood and of earth, which is clay, and some to honour and some to dishonour. If a man therefore purge himself from these, he shall be a vessel unto honour, sanctified and meet, which is easy to use, to make use of, That meat is to be very profitable for the master's use and prepared unto every good thing. You know, it says that a great house, but in a great house, a church is that great house. There are different vessels that are sitting in this house. We have vessels of gold, and I know Prophet did a whole teaching on it, so I'm not going to go too much into it. But there's vessels of gold and silver and wood and clay. And as I was pondering on the scripture, and I was, it's even that time when He was talking about it, you know, and I know we, we say, and I'm not saying it's wrong. I know we say that, you know, the gold and the silver is the ones that we use and the wood and the clay is the ones that we don't use. But as I was thinking about it in this, you know, we say that the, the sorry, the, the gold and the silver is of honour and the wood and the clay is of dishonour. But what I was thinking about it when I was thinking about it is that even your wood and your clay, even though it's in the background, it's still being used. So remember, Scripture has many forms of interpretation. There's many messages behind what God has to say in certain things. So this wood and this clay, if that is used for the preparation and the gold and the, and the silver is what's used for the serving, the wood and the clay still have purpose. Amen. Amen. So if, but if you are in the place of where you, let's go back to it, meaning a place of a, a dishonourable vessel. If you're in the place of where that the very next Scripture, well, in, in 2 Timothy 2 verse 21, um, I don't know, maybe if they can help me I don't know, maybe Job, if you can come onto the stage quickly and just hear what I'm hearing because I'm struggling to be able to speak properly because I feel like if I'm going to raise my voice, I'm going to like scream or pierce the ears and stuff. So I'm feeling a bit limited in what I can say. But in 2 Timothy um, 2 verse 21, it speaks about how you have the ability if a man therefore purges himself, to purge yourself means to, um, I'm gonna, I'll get to there now, but you have the ability to purge yourself, to become a purified vessel. Vessels of honour, but let's, I'll get into that in a moment, but vessels of honour is anything that is used for God's purpose. So a vessel of honour is anything that's used for God's purpose. I can't get into um, something that I wanted to get into, but in Acts 19, verse 11 to 12, it speaks about where Paul used a handkerchief and an apron to be able to heal the sick. There was deliverance that was done, but also in Exodus, Exodus 25, verse 3 to 7, you see how Moses had asked the Israelites to bring certain materials that could be used in the tabernacle. The thing is, is that there's different vessels. It's not just a person who is a vessel that has a purpose. But like I said, I can't get into that this morning. But there's certain things that if there's a purpose to that, God is going to use it. But those materials, they were sanctified. So... Because those materials were sanctified, God could use it for his purpose. Even today, still, God is using those things. I mean, there's people that are even in this church that have testimonies of how you put a cloth on somebody that prophet prayed for, or one of the pastors prayed for, and they were healed. Or you use the anointing oil that um, you know caused somebody to be healed. But that is not just a material that is in that vessel. No, it is something that has been sanctified, that has been purified, that has has been, it is a vessel to bring honour unto God. So the purpose of being a vessel of honour is to be a honourable vessel that can bring glory and honour unto God. Amen? You're still with me? The power of God that is, the, the power of, of God is through the, well let me say it like this, the power in becoming the vessel of honour is through the sanctification It is through our lives being sanctified. Amen? I don't wanna teach too much on the sanctification process of it because I know prophet has taught a lot in the church um, about it, but I just wanna read a few things just about honour. What is a vessel of honour and what is a vessel of dishonour? So a vessel of honour is of honour, respect, reverence, esteem. It's generally as rendered Um, towards a person or a thing, meaning reputable, a vessel unto honour as rendered to masters and magistrates, to Christ and to God of a state or condition of honour, rank, dignity, joined with doxa, which is glory, an office of honour, glory and honour. Metaphorically for honour as a mark or a token of favour. Amen. Amen. Dishonor, so it's dishonor, uh, infamity, which is a state of being well known for some bad qualities or deed, shame, um, meanness, uh, vileness, and a, dis- a dishonorable use, slightly um, and or oh, sorry, just a dishonorable use. The Bible is very clear that a person can purge himself from being a dishonorable vessel. Now, again, this is not a message of condemnation. It's not a message of where I want us to focus on our bad, but like I said, it's always to challenge us in in um, you know in our life and where we are. Um, but that vessel of, of dishonor was one of the things we're speaking about how we are known for something. Now I wanna ask a question and challenge us is that in our sphere of influence, who we have influence with, the people that, you know, we speak to, that we work with, are we known as um, somebody who represents Christ well? Or are we known for somebody who has a bad temper, who loses it, who shouts, who screams, who's dishonest, those kind of things. And I'm not saying there's anybody that is here, but there might even just be one person who this morning is for. And I know there's people watching us online. I know a lot of people are on holiday at the moment. But it's a thing that I wanna challenge us on. But another area that I want us to, or let's go, let me try and stick to notes because I feel like I'm going a bit all over the place. But to purge yourself means to cleanse thoroughly, to purify, to cleanse from defilement, to eliminate. But I want us to remember in 1 Corinthians 1 verse 30, it tells us that Jesus became for us wisdom, righteousness, sanctification, and redemption. A lot of us can try and, or even after today, we can try and think we need to do this by works. No, it is by God's grace that we are able to be. We will never be able to try and work it for ourselves. We will never be able to try and purify and cleanse ourselves and become these vessels of honour if we, we can't do it out of ourselves. We have to know that Jesus already did it for us, but it is about receiving the grace and receiving the understanding and really understanding what it is, what is God's grace for us and who we are in Him, amen? You know, the the Scripture in 2 Timothy uh, 2 verse 20 and 21, it suggests that not all people are ready to be um, ready for the good works of God. Instead, only those who have purged themselves, who have... but. What I mean by, like I just said, purged yourself is understanding that it has been done for you. Understanding and really accepting the grace of God, living and walking in the grace of God. But we know that not everybody is used yet as those vessels, but we need to be those vessels of honour. Like I said, Prophet taught so much on that, so I'm not going to focus too much on that part of it. but. Um, you know, I want us to look at where was the first place in the Bible um, or the first place that God showed a form of honor through sanctification. And that is in Genesis 3 verse, uh, 2, verse 3. So God blessed the seventh day and made it holy. When he blessed the seventh day, he made it holy. The word holy also refers to being sanctified, he did it by blessing the day. Through his through his words, we see that God honoured his creations and his blessings. And I want us to see where was the first time that the word "bless" occurred in the Bible. Um, as it it shows that um, that one one blesses through the words. Okay, but. I want us to look, where was the first place? The first place was Genesis 1 verse 22. And God blessed them saying, I'm going a little bit fast just because I don't have a lot of time. Um, I forgot that Prophet wants us to finish quarter two so that we can finish that side as well a little bit early. And um, I know one of the things that I have to go through just as all of the other pastors and we have to be strict and stick to time. And um, because just as much as I am His wife, I'm still under submission and I know my place and I know where I stand. So I'm gonna do my best to stick to that, amen? So the first time that we see the word blessed as occurred is in Genesis 1 verse 22. You know, through your words, because we see in both instances, God blessed the seventh day, meaning He, but not just the seventh day, He blessed His creation. And He also blessed them saying, So therefore, we have life and death in the power of tongue. So God blessed not only creation, but God blesses us all the time. We don't understand how blessed we are. You sitting here, you that is born again, saved, um, you know, set apart for this, you are blessed. And God blesses you all the time. We just fail to see it. Why? Because we don't realise that those blessings that God has for us is not something that we need to, we don't need to audibly hear it from God. No, it is locked up in His Word. His Word is filled with blessings, telling us who we are, what He ordained us to be, and what our purpose is. Amen? I need you guys to be a little bit excited with me. I know I'm sounding a bit... um, Flat, but it's I'm struggling a little bit with the sound up here. I usually don't, but it I, like I said, I feel if I if I speak differently, it's gonna sound weird. I don't know, I don't I don't usually use prophets mic, so I don't know why I'm using it this time, but it's okay. As I said, there's life and death is in the power of tongue. So in Proverbs 18 verse 21 it says death and life are in the power of the tongue and those that love it shall eat the fruit thereof words and the thoughts of our heart because remember we've taught that um, you know what your imagination is the thoughts of your heart is just as much words but they not have the ability they do create I don't want to mix the sound now if it's going to be one one two no okay I'm going to listen to Pastor Marie okay so Words, they create full stop, not have the ability to create. The thoughts that you have, the thoughts that you think, the imaginations of your heart, they create full stop. So if we are creating thoughts of life, if we are creating thoughts of death, if we are speaking death or we are speaking life, it creates. So whatever we create, that it becomes. We have all, okay, speaking words can uh, can sanctify every vessel. When we have the um, oil, when we have a cloth, what do we do? We pray over it. We speak words of life over that. So therefore, you know, your words have the ability to create vessels of honour. So when I speak in life into somebody's life, what am I doing? I'm creating a vessel of honour. When I'm speaking death over somebody, I'm creating a vessel of dishonour. And the same over yourselves. When you speak about yourself, about your situation, about what you're going through, about the tests and things that we go through, when you speak death over it, you're speaking dishonour. So life is a form of honour. Death is a form of dishonour. When we have a thought or a suggestion or we moan or we complain, one of the things that that um, was so crazy for me is that as I was speaking to somebody the one day they were telling me about all the stuff that was happening. It was like, you know, this happened and the enemy tried to stop them here and they tried to attack them there. And um, this thing happened and all these things happened and I'm listening to this person speaking. And as I'm listening, you know, this, like, the Spirit spoke to me and it's like, you know, this person, is speaking all this stuff. the stuff that the conversation did end where, you know, the enemy couldn't stop us and God could still do what He wanted to do and so on and so on. But in that short moment, all that was said was, you know, but God came through. But the enemy got all this, how he attacked and how we did and he went through this, but God got this. And as, as I was listening, like I said, then I said to this person, I'm like, you know, so often, well, let me say it this way, you know, the enemy or Satan, Lucifer, he was kicked out of heaven because he wanted glory, he wanted honour, he wanted a position, he wanted to be like God. He wanted to receive that which God had. Therefore, God had to remove him out of heaven. Then we come along as the beloved of Christ. We are the ones who have been given everything. We have been given life. We have been given um, dominion, power and authority to rule, to reign, everything. We've been made um, uh, vessels of honour, you know, all that kind of stuff. And here we come, We go up into heaven. I'm just speaking metaphorically now, please. We go up into heaven. We speak to God. We spend time with God. But what do we do there? We go up there moaning and complaining, speaking about how the enemy is attacking you, how the enemy is coming against you. The enemy is doing this. The enemy is doing that. Satan is doing this. And we go and we speak to God about it. But what do we do? We go into that place that Satan was removed from for wanting the glory and honour. And we as the believers, the ones who God has given everything, to. We go up there and we go and give Him glory before God. So what is He doing? He's getting it right by getting that glory up there from who? From us. So He doesn't need to do it. He's getting it. What am I saying? I believe that as, and this was something powerful that prophet said to us when he told us that Satan works for God, when he shared that revelation and that revelation dropped in me. It might be something that we, you know, we, I knew that God, you know, is in control of everything. But when he said that even Satan works for God, that is something that, When I say set me free, it will change my mindset for the rest of my life. And it really just affirms with a value and a principle that God has placed inside of me, which is that everything happens for a reason. And for those of you who know me, you know I'll preach that all the time. I think every time I'm on stage I'll say that, but everything happens for a reason. So, and um, even if Satan works for God, that's which we are going through. So what am I saying? not to speak death over the situation. We need to know that God will work things out together for those who love Him, He knows the plans that He has for us. So if He knows the plans that He has for us, if He's going to work everything out for the for our good to those who loved Him and to those who are called according to His purpose, you are sitting here. If you serve God, if you love God, if you honour Him, if you um, really in your heart are truly saved and you have a desire to be uh, in the will of God for your life, even if you might not know the direction yet, but you have that, you are in the purpose of God. If opportunities and stuff that you've let's say you've had a prophecy or things have not yet happened in your life but you have tried everything you have done everything on your side but you still have faith in God if the doors are not opening yet those doors are not supposed to be opened yet God is still busy working it out for your good there's certain things that we have to go through in life that we have to experience why because we have to be trained we have to be developed we have to grow into that which God has for us you know we and I and I've said it before as well but we know not just living for this life. The purpose of this life, as prophet has also taught many times, the purpose of this life is to prepare us for what we are to come. We still need to be faithful. We still need to do everything that is required. I mean, the greatest purpose, and everybody has the same purpose, which is the Great Commission. And that is to to, um, obviously to win souls uh, and to really minister and go out and all those things. But the thing is, is that we all have that same purpose but we all need to still get there. The process and how we get there is just different. So when we're experiencing things in life, when we're going through things in life, what I'm trying to say after saying all of that, what I'm trying to say is that, that we don't speak words of dishonour over our lives that we don't speak words of dishonour, dishonouring what God is allowing in our lives. Yes, it might not be the perfect will of God for our lives. It might not be the perfect will that God had intended because yes, we make choices, we make um, decisions into, that lead us into certain places, into certain directions, but it's okay because there's also a good or acceptable will of God. It might not be the perfect one, but there's still a good and an acceptable will that God has for us, but He will work things out. He will. God is not a God who will just reject us and just leave us unless for a season and for a purpose, but He will do everything that He can by sending people, by doing what He needs to do to get us back to the place of where we're drawn to Him. Some people never get back to that place. But it doesn't mean, as we've taught, if they truly saved, they will still be with Him. They will not be separated from Him for all eternity. Amen? In saying all of that, I just skipped through most of my notes. (laughs) Which is a good thing because I shouldn't have, have a lot of notes. You know, but it is impossible to... Do any of those things to to trust? Or let me say it this way: We can never be a vessel of honor, which is somebody that is sanctified, that is purified. But we cannot be somebody who speaks. Because I wanted to focus today on what we speak tonight. I'm going to focus on levels of honor, which is going to uh, cover a whole different thing. We made it a series because this whole topic is just too big to be able to cover everything. But um, this morning, I wanted to speak about us being us being the vessel of honour, you understanding that you are a vessel of honour. Tonight I'm gonna get into the ways that you can honour, but you have to understand that you need, you first need to focus on you. And one of the things that I've seen and experienced, not just in my own life, but with many people, is what we speak. And that's why I wanted to bring across this morning that we have the ability to speak life, or we have the ability to speak death. We have the ability to be honourable or be a vessel of honour through how we speak, how we live. Because what we speak determines everything. What we think in our heart flows the issues of life. Out of your heart flows the issues of life. So your life is determined by what you speak. You all will be, but it's not just determined by that, it, it is what you represent. So what we speak, when you speak as a vessel of honour, when your life is a vessel of honour, you will be seen as a vessel of honour. But when we speak death, when we speak the negativity, when we focus on the negativity, you will represent a vessel of dishonour. Not that your heart's desire is to be that, but because we don't realise that when we speak death, people seeing that representation of God, knowing that you are saved, knowing that you are a born again believer, knowing that you serve a God or you believe to serve a God that is, and nothing is impossible for Him and He can do all these things. But we don't realise that we become vessels of dishonour. And I have two minutes, but I want to show you one thing before I um, before I have to rush off and I'm sorry that I do but talking about you know, the heart and what flows out of the heart flows the issues of life. Knowing all the stuff, prophet has taught us so much on when it comes to the heart and when it comes to, you know, the um, you know all those things. But I wanted to just share one thing with you that is another thing that God shared with me um, when it comes to this, because it's something that I believe will help us in the ability to being these vessels of honour. But in Matthew 6, verse 21, it says that, for where your treasure is, there your heart will also, will be also. You know, we relate the scripture to finances, and when you do a deeper study, there is obviously finances related to it. So when you give, uh, you are showing you know where your heart is. But when I was pondering on it, the Spirit began to reveal to me that you know when we uh, where your treasure is, there your heart will also be. So what is the treasure? Well, let me let me say it this way. What we find of value, what we consider treasure, there your heart will be drawn to. So what do you find as a treasure? What do you find of value? If you find God as a treasure, if you find His Word as a treasure, if you find it of value, there your heart will be also. So you will be drawn to that and you will represent that. Therefore, out of your heart will flow the issues of life. But if we don't see Him or God or His Word or anything, even if it's a Sunday service, even if it's serving, even if it's giving, whatever it is related to God, we, like I said, we've only related this specific treasure in this scripture Scripture just to find answers. No, but the Spirit began to reveal to me how it's the whole thing. If we treasure God enough, our heart will be there. If we value or find Him of enough value, there our heart will be also. You will want to serve. You will want to give. You will want to consecrate yourself. It'll be easy for you to worship when you find Him of enough value. When you find Him, that treasure that is inside of you. Amen. We're constantly looking. This is another thing that um, the Spirit took it a little bit deeper for me. Um, You know, we're constantly looking from the outside, referring to this treasure. We're constantly looking for something from the outside, specifically finances, on what we can give so that we can show that our heart is there. But we fail to realise who is the treasure that is inside of us. When we realise that the treasure that is inside of us, because I just said, if you value God enough, if you find Him of enough value and He is a treasure to you, but we know that He's inside of us. So therefore, when you give, it will be easier for, for you to be able to give where we always, like I said, we always trying to look for something on the outside to be able to give. But when you, just be, when you just from the inside, give your time, give your worship, give your finances. The Bible talks about giving um, uh, uh, with a joy or be a joyful giver. That joyfulness is not gonna come from the outside, it is gonna come from within. You know, then the last Scripture that I'm gonna read before we go, and I wanna show you something that's powerful and we'll we'll relate to what I'm saying now. Uh, 1 Corinthians 4, verse seven says, but we have this treasure in earthen vessels that the excellency of the power may be of God and not of us. Here it's saying we are this treasure we are the earthen vessels, we are the vessels of clay. This treasure, we are this treasure. So the same way that God is this treasure inside of you, you need to realise that you are that treasure, that He has placed it inside of you. He's placed Himself inside of us. So therefore, when you represent, know who you are, know your value, you are the treasure, amen? what you give, how you give your life, how you serve, how you, everything that you do when it comes to God, everything that you do in excellence, that excellency doesn't come from you, it comes from God inside. But we haven't done that yet because we don't realise that we are His treasure in this earthen vessel. Amen. Now there's one story that I want to share with you because it's so good. But which is gonna kind of relate to this one too. So remember earlier I was saying that, you know, you have treasures of gold, silver, wood and clay. And I said to you that even though normally we preach it that silver and, and gold is honourable and wood and clay is dishonourable. But then I thought I was, as I was preparing for this, I think it's John... 9 verse 6 and 7 where um, it speaks about the story of how Jesus healed the man. I don't know if i time to read the Scripture, but where Jesus healed the man um, that was blind from birth. And what did He do? He spat into the sand, made mud, which is clay. They talk about clay. He put it on His eyes and therefore the man could see. But what was that that He used? Clay to put it on His eyes. And as I was Like pondering on this because I ponder on it a lot. I thought to myself, what did Jesus, or I didn't think to myself, it actually just came to me. And I believe the Spirit immediately said to me, as I realised, but wait, and I'll tell you now what I realised, what happened right there? Jesus gave this man life. No, prophet says He gave him sight. No, He gave him life. But what did He do? He went and He took the very thing that created man in Genesis, when God spoke about how He took man from the dust of the earth. But what did He do? He didn't just take the dust of the earth. He breathed His life into man. But even further, He didn't just, because here all that He did is He spat into the sand, He made the mud and He took it. No, the mud, or let me say it this way, the sand that He used to create the mud is the dust of the earth. Then the the He had to, Jesus Himself had to breathe in, to be able to gather the spit and spit out, which is He, He still breathed that same breath that He breathed breathed in Genesis. But saliva is a form of water, right? Therefore, He didn't just take the dust of the earth, the breath of life, He took the rivers of living water. He mixed those three things together. He put it on the eyes of the guy. And therefore, this man who was blind from birth had the ability to have life. But how does he have life? I still don't understand. how. Does He have life? No, He had sight. Yes, He had sight. But what did Jesus do by giving Him life? He gave Him life by, before, because the story very clearly says that this man was blind from birth. Therefore, we've been taught many things on when you have the ability to see, you have the ability to imagine, you have the ability to create. This man never had the ability to create life. Why? Because he could only um, try and imagine or see what people have, were saying to him, how they were explaining things. So the level in which he was a, a if he even was a. a Ava- or able to create life because if you're blind, he couldn't work. He couldn't bless or, or, or get, a, get to a place of where he's blessed or where he's prospering his life. He could never see anything further than what people are telling him. So therefore, when Jesus um, healed him and gave him his sight, he had the, or he gave him, he actually gave him life, not just sight. Because now with this ability to see, he had the ability to imagine. He had the ability to create and therefore he had life and life forevermore, amen? Okay, so in saying that, <laughs> what did He use? He used clay. So I don't want anybody to leave here feeling discouraged. Now, I didn't fully get into it and it didn't fully go down the way that I had imagined it to go down in the sense of how my notes flowed. But I always let the Holy Spirit lead the way that He wants. I want nobody to leave here today thinking that, oh no, I'm a vessel of dishonour. Yes, we have all fallen short of the glory of God. We've all fallen short. But I wanna encourage you that when you walk out here, you cannot do anything without faith. You cannot speak life. You cannot live this life without faith. It is impossible to please God without faith. Our trust and our faith and our hope needs to be in Him. And how do we do that? How do we receive that? Is by and, and we purify ourselves as well by the renewing of the Word, by the washing of our Word, of the Word. We need to be filled constantly, constantly filled. Unfortunately, not everybody and very few people have stepped into the place of where they know exactly who they are and they fully understand the grace of God. And I'm not gonna get into that because I don't have the time to get into that. But because of that, we have to still fill ourselves. Amen. But I'm gonna give over to Pastor Martin and I'm gonna be back here at five o'clock going into the five levels of honour. And I wanna encourage you not to miss it because this is just one aspect of it. This is just focusing on you. But tonight we're gonna go deeper and um, it is gonna show you a broader spectrum of it. And I don't want you to miss it. Um, Thank you so much.